Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show. Great to have you with us on the Roy Green Show. I'm this is Sunday, the eighth of March, the uh, toward the end of the program. We're going to be speaking with the broadcaster who is going to be doing the color commentary for the uh, game with the Broncos, with the Humboldt Broncos. Spoke earlier with Randy McLean, the vice president and head of human resources for the team. You can listen to that at RoyGreenShow.com in the podcasts. And quite an emotional conversation with Mr. McLean. Uh, something I want you to listen to now, and I'll set it up briefly, and then I'll talk to my guest. And I'll read from a story from Global News. After launching a social media campaign on hashtag first time I was called, Farah Nasser and Erica Vela uh, looked at reactions on Twitter and discussed the stories that have been shared using the hashtag. So the first time I was called, and that's if you're the victim of discrimination and just ugly be- ugly behavior. And before we speak to Farinasser, I want you to listen to a few of the comments made by people who responded to the first time I was called. You may recognize some voices. The first time I was called an effing fat Black, B-I-T-C-H, I felt hollow. The first time I was called a he-she, I was on the school bus in grade two heading to class. One of the older girls, I think she was in uh, grade five at that time, I was in grade two, she called me a he-she, simply because I exhibited feminine characteristics. I was called dirty, and it was because of the color of my skin. And kids were saying, oh, you're dirty, you don't, you don't shower, you don't clean yourself, and it was because my skin was brown. When I came out, when I was 37, I can remember not long after that, walking in North Toronto and being yelled at across the street by some young boys calling me dyke. And I remember that really sticking with me, being really unfair because that's, I couldn't change that. There's nothing I could do to change that. It was a part of that feeling of not belonging. There was something wrong with me for just being me. That, that I was just there, I hadn't done anything, I hadn't hurt anybody, I was just existing and my existence was somehow wrong. It really hit me when it happened that I'd stepped into a different world, you know, and that this hatred and this kind of vile behavior was what people had put up with who'd been struggling with their sexuality their whole lives. How did you feel when you heard that word? It made me feel indignant and angry. When I think about the the N-word, I think about even my the texture of my hair. This is like a big step for me to, to embrace my ethnicity, the coil of my hair, to know that her, you know, calling me the B word, it's like, it made me even, um, oh God, just, it's so amazing what, what, how powerful memories are, eh? 
So there's one thing uh, about having fun with somebody. There's another thing about being objectively critical about something they may have been have done. And then there's the ugliness of just being crude and discriminatory. You may have recognized some of the voices. Kathleen Wynne, the Premier of Ontario, Jack Mead Singh, the federal leader of the New Democratic Party. There was Jolly Black and uh, Daniel Pillai. And uh, with me now is Farah Nasser. She is the Global News Toronto uh, anchor. And uh, Farah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this. It's a very important issue. And what was the genesis for this? How did it come about? Hello? Can we get Farah up, please? Sorry, I was muted. I'm so sorry. Um, so it came about uh, by a conversation I had with a uh, with a friend of mine, somebody very close to me, um, who made fun of my religion. And uh, this has happened before. Uh, I'm a Muslim, and I just usually kind of brush it off and let people make jokes and, and that kind of thing. But this time I decided I was going to say something. Um, and I was going to, uh, you know, tell that person exactly how I felt. And when I did that, I was I was getting ready for a real combative conversation, um, but I was really surprised that the person uh, was just was just they they were floored they they felt horrible they said that we had no idea that you uh, that you felt this way that this touched you like this because I explained to them that you know when you make fun of my religion you're not making fun of me just me you're making fun of my community you're making fun of my family you're making fun of my ancestors. And they had no idea that it ran that deep and that it hurt so much. And they thought it was just a joke. Um, but I said, and I thought that's what, that's what was going to happen. The defense would be like, it's just a joke. Get over it. Relax. But I said, no, it's not. And then I thought, you know, there's two types of people, right? There are people who are just going to be racist and, and rude and sexist and homophobic, and you can't change them. They just think that way, and there's nothing to, ch- to change. But then there's this other huge group of people, the majority of people, who, who make comments or will say something that they don't think is, is offensive at all, and um, it's not malicious. But if you can explain to those people how it actually feels to be in that position um, and how deep it is, about, about, you know, when you make fun of something about you that you can't change, maybe it'll change their perspective. So that's how this started. You know, uh, I spoke years ago with a, a young man who called me on the radio program, and we'd been talking about uh, newcomers to Canada. And he said uh, he'd been at a shopping center in Hamilton, and uh, he'd, he was black, he was, and he'd been walking with his friends and uh, some people were standing around, and one of them yelled at him, why don't you go back where you came from? And he said, what was I supposed to answer? I was born in Canada. <laughs> right. So I've never forgotten that. How how well responded to was this initiative uh, the first time I was called? Did people immediately want to participate, or did they need to be persuaded? No, it was it was immediate. I mean, there was not a lot of persuasion at all. Um, some of these people, they they work, they, they're speakers for a living, and because they're speakers for a living, they go. Um, hang on, sorry, one second. My child just walked into the room. Hang on, sorry, sorry. They they they're speakers for a living, and they um, they basically are um, people who who get paid for what they do, but they th- this time they didn't they didn't actually get paid for what they were doing, and they were totally happy to come on because they saw the greater good in this. So for me, that was the big that was the big thing. Like I, I was I was very surprised about that, and I was also surprised how candid people were when they were speaking. Mm-hmm. That was that was super surprising. And it wasn't just racial or ethnic minority community members who spoke out. There were people who would be considered be if you saw them and talked to them, you, you would say mainstream Canadian. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's it's it, it kind of spreads the gamut, and the response has been from various minority communities, but also from people who don't come from minority communities who don't have that lived experience. Right. Um, kids can be uh, very cruel, as we know, and sometimes well remember from our own childhoods. Is there also a children's aspect to the first time I was called? Did, did people say adults you talk to? Oh yeah, I remember the first time I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, a lot of that? Mean, there were. Yeah, there were. There were a lot of people who who said stuff from when they were young. I mean, I think that's the thing with childhood memories. When there there's certain things that happen when you're a kid that just stick with you, that are so deep, that are so kind of implanted in you. And um, I think that was surprising for a lot of people. So, you know, a lot of, when, when I told my boss, for example, the first time I was called Packy and how it, how it felt to me, he said, how do you remember that? And I said, but, you know, I remember it because it just, it's that moment that just, I don't know, it shapes you almost. So here's the question that, uh, that needs to be asked. Was, was it almost always whites who were pointed at as having made derogatory or offensive statements because we are a nation with people from different backgrounds and cultures and religions, and some have brought their generation-old conflicts to Canada, and they don't necessarily get along well with those who were adversaries far from Canada. So was the accusation normally pointed at whites, or was it just right across the board? I think it's, I think it's a really good point you make, because if we want to be completely honest about this conversation, there's a lot of uh, discrimination that happens within minority communities as well, right? Um, you know, uh, anti-black racism that happens, I know, in the South Asian community, for example. Uh, so this conversation is not just people who are, who are, you know, white people making fun of ethnic people or people who are straight making fun of people who are, uh, you know, from the LGBT community. I think it spans the spectrum. And I think that the, the idea is it's about hate and it's about things you can't change about yourself. Like some people have written to, written to us and said, well, I was bullied. You know, I was called this and, um, you know, I was called fat or I was called this or, and, and actually body shaming is something that we are dealing with. But I think the difference is when you're bullied about something that you can't change about yourself, you're also bullied about all that other stuff that you're bullied about as a kid anyway. But but when it's something about your race, like Jagmeet Singh pointed out in the clip that you played, you're just existing and you're, you think that your existence just isn't good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a really difficult thing to kind of comprehend as a child. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a very minor thing, but uh, years ago I had to, I decided to shave my head because the tough stuff on top was disappearing, so I said, all right, I'll just shave my head. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times, and again, it's a minor thing, I can't tell you how many times, people think it's okay to make bald jokes. That's fine. We can make a bald joke. It doesn't bother me, Farrah, not at all. I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't care. But I know, mm-hmm. I know men who do care about it, and it troubles them deeply. And I know one guy who was so bothered by one individual constantly going after him for being bald that he went out and he had a hair transplant done. He grew, regrew the, the, the fringe around the back of his head and then he had a hair transplant done because of one person making his life hell. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, a minor thing, but it can point yeah. – if it, now if it becomes major, then it can, you know, it can, it can just trail you through life. Yeah, no, and I think I think that like like you said, I mean, I think the other the, the, the ideas that we're pointing out, I think, are are things that are um, also. I mean, you talk about talk about the premier. I know she's not, she's not very popular, um, but but she said, I mean, she she felt like she entered this whole other world when mm-hmm. somebody called her that, you know. And I think that that speaks to what it's like to to feel like a like you're discriminated against. And you know, it's it's not just. I think we've come a long way. I don't think there's people who name call that much anymore. But I think there's subtle forms of discrimination that happen in workplaces all across the country still yeah. to this day. 
It's a very important question to ask. It people gives gives people the opportunity to be honest with one another, and 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 you, and you don't have to find a clever way to be, to do that. If somebody mm-hmm. says, you know, as you did, uh, what was the first time you were called? You remember that, and they they tell you, that's a that can create a very very positive, forward moving conversation as you had with a person who insulted your religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, you know, it's funny, that's what we were hoping to achieve from this. And, and I think we have in a lot of ways. But some people have said, you know, this is divisive, this is dividing. And, and it kind of saddens me that that's how, that's how some see it, because that's really not the intention. The intention is to evoke empathy, right? To see what it's like to, to be in someone else's shoes. I mean, you haven't lived my life experience, I haven't lived yours, so it's very hard to understand. But if you were to tell people how you feel inside, I think generally, generally, uh, you know, people are kind and they're warm and they don't want to hurt people generally. So that's what we were hoping to get out of this. Well, I congratulate you for doing it. It's one of those one of those indicators, one of those opportunities to actually talk to people, have them talk to one another and understand this bothers me because this matters to me. And mm-hmm. I, re- I really think it's an excellent idea. And I thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, have a great day. Farah Nasser from Global News Toronto. She's a news anchor, as you know. is my number, 800-263-2428. Look, I can can not like uh, Kathleen Wynne's politics, and I don't. There isn't a snowball's chance anywhere that I would vote for Kathleen Wynne of the Liberals. It's not going to happen. But her sexual orientation has nothing to do with that. It's her performance as the premier that matters. That's what matters. That's what we talk about. But sometimes it becomes too easy to just fire in a gratuitous insult at somebody. You feel better, maybe. They don't. Or maybe they should call you on it. So let me ask you at 800-263-2428, are you somebody who's willing to tell us, who's willing to complete this sentence, the first time I was called, where were you, what was said to you, And why was it important that people know not to do this? Okay? The first time I was called, finish that sentence for me, 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. The first time I was called, we'll come back and hear what that was. You're only as good as your word, and he stands by his. This is the Roy Green Show. All right, so the first time I was called... The first time I was called, how do you finish that sentence? Someone insulted you based on who you are or what you believe in or your racial or your ethnic background or your sexual orientation or just something as seemingly frivolous as having an absence of follicles on your head, which drove this guy that I know, as I said, to a transplant. The first time... I was called was when? 800-263-2428 is the number on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Josh is in Vancouver. How are you, Josh? Hey, Roy. 
I am well yourself. Great. It's always good to hear from you. I know I know you're going to give me something good always. Always. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. Um, so the, the, the answer to the question, I can't remember when. I know I was probably around 10 years old. Uh, I'm a Caucasian fella. Uh, so I was living in California and being threatened with my life by uh, Hispanic gangs in uh, California. There was uh, one particular gang called XIV, which I think was a offshoot of the Crips. Basically, I was living in a heavily populated, uh, sorry, a heavily populated area with Mexican, Hispanic folks. And so this now this now brings a little bit of a different uh, feel to it because it's California, it's not Canada, right? No, but, but anyway, but uh, what, I mean, were, what, were you, what were you what were you what were you told? What was what was said to you? Oh, I, like I said, I can't remember the exact verbiage just because it was. I mean, it was twenty five plus years ago, and. Uh, you know, I, some of the words I just can't say on the radio. Yeah, I yeah, I want people to think about that. Some of them more spoken. In, yeah. So, so in in general, in general, in general terminology, what what were you? What did they say to you that you have remembered for twenty five years in in a general descriptive way? What's oh, basically chasing me, uh, threatening me with my life, like telling me, "Oh, you're gonna die, white boy. We're gonna get all of our." Uh, gang members over to your house and just shoot your house up and oh, that yeah. kind of thing. St- simply because I was a Caucasian fellow. Okay, Caucasian so kid. so you received it because because you're white. You got that. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, Josh. I thank you for the call, Josh in uh, Vancouver, eight hundred two six three twenty four twenty eight. The first time I was called. How did that happen in your life? Robert is in Winnipeg listening to CJOB Radio. Robert, thank you. Go ahead, please. Hello, Robert. We have Robert's pot up. Hello, Robert. Hello, Robert. Hello, Robert. Hello, hello. Good, sir. How are you doing? I knew you were there somewhere. Well, I'm not doing very well. I had a stroke. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that was back in September. I'm 84 years old now. And I uh, recovered quite rapidly, really, but... uh, Good. So the first time you were, and I mean that good... What was you know what Robert? Hold on, just hold on. Sure. And we're going to come back to you. I don't want to rush him, but it is amazing because we have to take a break in a second. Then we'll take our calls. It is interesting, isn't it? Josh points out twenty-five years later, he he remembers. Well, I guess you'd remember that your life was going to be was threatened, but we remember for ten, fifteen, twenty-five, thirty-five, forty-five years, bullying incidents, and bullying incidents can be based on your appearance. It can be your parents. It can be your religious beliefs. It can be anything the other person believes that they can take advantage of and cause you pain with. So we'll come back and we'll continue with the calls in just a minute on The Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry. This is The Roy Green Show. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com and uh, Twitter is at the Roy Green Show. Please follow me there. And uh, you can listen back to anything that we air on uh, the webpage, RoyGreenShow.com in the podcast. There's going to be another news conference that um, 
We'll deal with the Humboldt Broncos. And uh, we're going to carry that in about uh, just about half an hour's time, just under half an hour, we expect to be carrying that. So um, let's go back to our calls at 800-263-2428. The first time I was called, Juanito in Mississauga. Go ahead, Juanito. What, what happened that you remember? Uh, hi, first of all, I just wanted to ask how you're doing today. Good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent today. I'm very sad about Humboldt, Saskatchewan, and about the hockey team, as we yeah, all are. Yeah, as well. Yeah. That was horrible news. It was horrible news. Well, and I'll get by Robert in Winnipeg. I'm not, I haven't forgotten you. Go ahead, Juanito. So, basically, I just wanted to share a quick story. I'm from Mississauga. Um, I identify as Zim Zamzer. And I was at a bar. I go, I play pool. I'm not that good, of course, but I like to play. And uh, I think it was like a biker bar, but we didn't know that. And um, basically, I was playing against this biker, and, like, I beat him in the game. And he, he seemed pretty, like, pissed off by it. He called me a fat tranny. And I was, it really, um, I was really deeply offensive and hurtful. Yeah, and I, I want people to know that we're going to hear things that some people may find difficult uh, to accept on public airwaves, but this is what happened to you. And, yeah. uh, and and how long ago was that? I think this was about two months ago. And I mean, it's not the first time I've been called inappropriate names. I just find it really horrible that people don't have the sensitivity to acknowledge that, you know, some of us have a struggle that they don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. And I hope it doesn't continue. So if you have, did you say anything back to him? Did you, did you say anything or did you, did you just? Uh, to be honest, I was, I was really rattled by him. He yeah. had all these tattoos on him and everything like that. So we just kind of left right afterwards. We paid our bill and left, and um, I, I didn't really have the guts to say anything. Would you want to say something now? Yeah, if you're out there, I think his name is Fred. If I'm, I don't know, I don't remember, but if you're out there, Fred, you should be ashamed of yourself, okay? There's many people out there that, you know, are hurt by these messages, and you got to understand that we have a voice, and we have a soul, and we have a heart. Well, I'm sure if Fred didn't hear it, some people will have heard it, Juanito, and... Uh... And this is important. It's important that we talk about these things. It's important that you get your message out as well, that people know that it's hurtful, that things are said. Some people think it's funny, or they say it's to try to impress somebody who's in their company, and all it does is damage you. So I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. I couldn't agree more. Go Raptors. Take care. Yeah, yeah, go Raptors. Uh, I can't say it. Go Leafs. (laughs) Lifelong Habs fan. Robert, I'm back to you in Winnipeg, sir. Thank you for being patient. What oh, happened? No problem. I retired. I'm 80 years old now. And uh, <clears throat> one of the first times that I was really embarrassed and shocked was I was in grade one. And the first week, my teacher, uh, <clears throat> who's uh, a tiny Jewish lady, I've got a lot of Jewish friends, by the way, she took me out into the hallway and she says, You know, Bobby, you're a German Nazi, you won't amount to anything, get back in a room. And it really scared me. I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. You're probably the third person I told in my lifetime. Wow. And when was, when was this said to you? When? How, how long ago would it have been said to you? Well, I'm 84 now. Right. So I guess I was in grade one at, what, wow. age five, six or so? And it stayed It stayed with you for the uh, rest she, you know, of your life. You know, it me so much so that I even failed at grade three. You don't fail grade threes anymore. No, no. And I was really devastated. I became an introvert, didn't talk to anybody. 
And that wouldn't happen today, you know. If that happened, you'd go home to your parents and they'd fire her, whatever they did, whatever, you know. So tell us again, who said said that to you? Who was it? My grade one teacher, the first week of school. My God. She found out I was German by the name, maybe, I don't know. And uh, she just dragged me out of the room in front of all the kids. And she says, you know, Bobby... You're nothing but a German Nazi. All right, Robert, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you so much. And that stayed with him for the rest of his life. Grade one teacher. Grade one. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Scott Muirk, former Alberta prosecutor, former executive director of the Canadian Police Association. There are two criminal law stories that we want to share with you. And Scott will have the details. And at the top of the hour... There is another news conference that uh, will deal with uh, the Humboldt Broncos. And we'll be taking that news conference here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll come back.